Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors on staff at the Ridge, and our vision is to bring the hope of Jesus into every home. So as a piece of that, our goal each week is to bring you something that's hopeful and helpful. So subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening to this episode of the Ridge Podcast. If you find today's episode hopeful and helpful, please follow or subscribe and then rate and review so that more people can find the conversation. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to give us a follow and turn on your notifications so that you don't miss any of the things we're talking about. Now, we're in the middle of a series called I've Got Issues. We've been talking about our own personal struggles that we face and how we can overcome them. So I asked our Greenfield Ridge Kids director, Victor Viler, to come onto the podcast and just chat about how we can help kids and students work through the things that they are struggling with. So Victor is not just the director of our rich kids in Greenfield, but he's also a dad and a track and cross country coach. So he's used to trying to help kids overcome a challenge. Victor shares some insight about when to talk with your kids about an issue, how to get them thinking about a topic differently, and what to do when we find ourselves or yourself comparing kids to other kids or parents to other parents. This is my conversation with Victor. Hi, Victor. Thanks for coming on the podcast. It's great to be back, John. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So I'm hearing a lot about all the snow that you guys are getting over in Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. So if you listen to this podcast in June, there was a lot of snow this year. Um, I'm curious, what's the most snow that you can remember ever getting? You know, and I think it's like the tall tales type thing of yeah. when you're a kid, you always remember <laughs> something and it's always, always so much bigger than it really was. Yeah. But there, I don't know if this was a specifically a dream, but I think I remember being about six or seven years old and we were in this farmhouse in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. Uh, we rented it out uh, and I just remember there being so much snow and we were just locked in our house. And I remember opening up the door and I remember the snow because of the wind drifts and everything. Yeah. Snow being up to like my head. And I was just like... <laughs> I was like, dad, how are yeah. we getting out of the house? Yeah. <laughs> I just remember this like moment of like, there was so much that I couldn't even walk out there. Um, but to, to this was um, probably one that my kids would say, this is the most amount of snow we've ever gotten. Cause I think in our area, we got about two feet of snow and we have a lilac bush out in the backyard. And my daughter, she's, you know, she's in fourth grade and she's, you know, about average height for fourth grade or whatever. Uh, we're like, go out there and save the lilac bush because all the branches were down from the snow. It like weighted it down. And so she went out there to go do it. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching her, like it's going up to her thighs as she's like walking out there to it. And I'm like, <laughs> we might lose our daughter in this. <laughs> so I was like, uh, but she, you know, that was her like stress reliever. And I was like, okay, she's getting stressed. Like, go out, do that. She did it. She's banging them off and licking the snow and all the other fun things. And yeah, that's so amazing. those are, those are the stories. Yeah. I mean, like you're right. That's going to be her story is she was waiting out in waist high, waist high snow and she finally made it to the tree and yeah, that'll be a good one. Uh, well, Hey, so here's, here's my segue. You guys are having an issue with snow. We're in a yeah. series called I've got issues. Yeah. How is that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably was that one of my bottom tier segues there. I think it might have been. Yeah, so it was. It was yeah. definitely in the bottom. Uh, 10%. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, okay, so we've been talking through this series called "I've Got Issues," kind of focusing mm -hmm. 
on the own issues and the struggles that we deal with and how can we wrestle through with them. Uh, I know the first week we covered like discontentment and how do we, how do we deal with our discontentment? Um, and I know that one of the struggles people have, you know, is, is with their kids, with kids in general. And you're, uh, you know, you're, you're a dad, you, you are the Ridge kids director of Greenfield, you coach kids and students. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I'm sure you've had a, a large amount of experience on that time where you like will recognize a struggle or an issue that a kid's having. And I imagine try to help them through that. And so I'd love to chat with you about, you know, how do we see those things? How do you help mm-hmm. a kid work through those things in a helpful and healthy way? Um, so yeah, maybe just to start off, you know, like, do you have any overall, when I ask that question, when I talk about that concept, do you have any overall thoughts that come to mind about, you know, how do you help them see when there's something that they need to work on? Um, the first thing that I have to be able to really say is it depends upon the situation. It depends upon the kid. And there's going to be, there is today, as I discuss things here, there is no perfect answer. I think a lot of times, uh, when a a parent is looking how they can be able to help their kid or a teacher, help their student, uh, or even just a coach helping their, their athlete, uh, there is no perfect remedy, uh, Mm. within all of those things. You have to be able to pay attention to the details of who that child is. Um, obviously now I run a Ridge kids and we have 200 kids through each weekend. Uh, and we have like specific classroom management and guidelines and boundaries and rules of, Hey, this is how things go. Yeah. But not every kid aligns with those things. And then that's when we have to kind of break out and be like, okay, which ones don't, and how can we help them to connect them, uh, in some way? Like, um, so, you know, just personally, I'll just kind of take a a brief real real, uh, quick thing here is like with my kids. I just really start asking them questions about what they think uh, they need to work on uh, and set a a mini goal and help them attain it. Uh, Just asking questions that really helps because then you're really trying to dig deeper into what the core of what they're struggling with. And I think asking questions uh, as a coach, as a teacher, as a a parent are really important things because Mm. we as adults know in our, our mind and our brain, how we think we want to be able to, approach this struggle. Yeah. But that's not how this child's thinking about it and how they see it. And we may have struggled with the same thing that they're struggling with. So I can give you an example. I have, you know, I've had anger issues in the past. It's come from my family history and I see it in my own, my own kids. And I'm like, Oh, what's going to be beneficial for me and how I approach them in their struggle in this right now and and what, what they see. So, Question on that. You're thinking yeah. through like what questions to ask your kid. I know that there's a tension, right? Because there you mm-hmm. you you don't want to like disparage or break their self-confidence. You don't want them to feel like overly you don't want to feel them like yep. you don't want them to react like too much. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh and caveat to all this, I'm not a parent. And so yep. I am uh, you know, I am working from a different lens. So if I say anything or talk about anything or ask your question. You're just like, you know what, John, it's not really that like that, you know? Yep. yep. Um, what, are, what would maybe is a difference between questions that help kind of them come to that realization or help them get there versus the types of questions that just, I don't know, are maybe unhelpful. Does that make yeah. sense? Again? Yeah. I think 
staying away from questions that are going to get you yes, no answers, <laughs> as, as opposed to ones that have to make them elaborate on what they're thinking. Hmm. Uh, you know, if they're sh struggling with homework, uh, yeah. instead of like, well, what are you, you know, what are you doing? Are you like, you have to be able to kind of get to the core of like, well, um, what did the teacher say about that? How do they want this to be able to be done? And if they don't know that you're like, okay, well then how can I be able to help in, in, in being able to do this or that? It's, it's trying to be able to get a little bit more information because I think it's so easy that we can see a struggle and just as human beings, we can automatically start to diagnose what yeah. we think they should do. Um, yeah, that's good. Or, yeah. Um, what we, what they think we should, should do or not. And, um, and so, uh, in, in doing that, just keep conversation open and going, because I think once the shutdown happens, there's more internalization. And I've seen a lot of kids, a lot of kids and adults and adults is once they've been hurt in certain areas, it's harder for them to get it back out to the open. Or once they're gotcha. nervous about talking about it, you know, it's, one of those things that I'm, I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, yeah, just think of an example of uh, one of my daughter's friends at school is that she cannot ask the teacher for help because that looks like a sign of weakness. That's a struggle right now in schools. It's like we tell as parents, we're like, ask the teacher for help. Well, then on the other side of this, there are kids that are struggling to ask their teacher for help because they think they'll be judged because of it. And so they don't do it. And then they continue to struggle. And the parents will, we'll talk to the teacher, talk to the teacher. And so now we have to be able to like, all right, well, that didn't work. It's again, setting goals of what you talked about before of you have to be, you have to be talking about many different things. I, when I do uh, marriage counseling or premarital with, with couples and they're talking about a specific struggle that they're having, yeah, we, we don't just sit there and we talk about, um, okay, here's your problem. Here's your issue. Figure it out. Uh, one of the things that I like is write down 10 ways mm -hmm. that you could be able to move beyond this. And then you two together pick one of those 10. Now, when you do picking out 10 things, what that does is it gets your brain stirring and thinking about more together of how we can work together. And you end up choosing a lot of times the seventh, eighth, ninth idea. Many times we don't get to that seventh, eighth, ninth idea because if you don't write them all out, yeah, you don't know what your options are. And so I think it's really um, a great thing of just being like, okay, they're struggling with their homework. And I'm just using this as the example again. Sure. Yeah. They're struggling with their homework. They can't finish it each night. Well, hey, why don't we sit down and write out, it might be harder for a kid to get to 10 ideas, but five or six ideas of ways that we can help you get your homework done well. Mm. Um, and what, what are ways that we can do that? Uh, as opposed to sometimes parents can be like, well, why don't you just do this? Why don't you just do this? And I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty. You know, yeah. I parent in a different way than my own wife parents. So we have to come together and, and talk about it because she's a she's the fixer. And I'm the one that's like, I want them to independently figure out a way that they can do it. So that's yeah. their that it's their excitement and their goal. And how and do you utilize not. both of those gifts together? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So uh, you see your kid does something, right? Maybe they, mm -hmm. let's do, let's, we can use it like an anger issue, right? They yeah, do something yeah. in anger, right? How yeah. do you know a situation in which, okay, I need to address this 
right away to solve a solution. And maybe you address it in some capacity, right? Yep. Versus knowing when to say, okay, I need to come back to this in a couple hours, maybe tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And rebring it back up in a time where maybe they're like less emotionally heightened or like, how do you tell the difference between those types of things? That's a, that's a great point. Um, because when I have a struggle and when it's with someone else, I want to fix it right away. Yeah. I want to fix it right away. Cause I, I stir on it then. Um, but it's good to have that pause. Um, again, it's, it's that, that pause button of what needs to be happening. So let's just say, um, you know, your kid it just completely flips out anger issue you're know, like all the emotions flying off the handle type of thing and you're like whoa what do we do and and, and you need to be able to have a break from that um because discussing it with them when they're heightened emotionally for any of us yeah. not usually the best idea yeah. um you need to be able to have time to think on why you reacted why you responded that way and talk about it uh mm-hmm. the one thing i've noticed a lot of parents and even adults still do is like, hey, we will need to talk about this later. They are famous last words. <laughs> we need to talk about this later. <laughs> because guess what? It's an uncomfortable conversation. So what do we do? We don't talk about it. We ignore it. And we think, oh, everything's better now until it comes back again. And then it comes back again. And then we always think, oh, we're good again. And the the best advice I can be able to give is make sure you schedule that time to go back to it. So figure out that time of like, when, you know, when are they usually having a better time of the day? Is it in the morning? Is it at night? And, um, I know that I got this idea and my wife and I don't practice as much, but, um, a part of it is like, have a scheduled time per week where you just sit down with your kids and you're Mm -hmm. saying, today's the day we're just going to talk about some of the struggles we're having and like how we can get through them. Um, and a lot of times for us, I think it's, it's bedtime. It's really interesting that our kids, they really calm down and they really just get into that lovey-dovey type mode. And I think it's part partially because they don't want to sleep and partially because they just like lots, <laughs> have lots of thoughts going on, whatever it is. Yeah. But they get very chatty. And sometimes I just want to go right to sleep. Lindsay, my wife, she's amazing. This is where I think she gets really great connection with the kids. And they just start opening up. They just start mm-hmm. opening up and talking about, man, you know what, mom? This is what was happening in my day to day. And this is what I'm really struggling with it. And you know, in, in Lindsay's way, she would start giving advice and saying, Hey, this is how I can be able to help mine. I would just start. That's when I would lean in and be like, well, what do you, what do you think you could do tomorrow to be able to help that? You know, and just get them. Yeah. I really like, I really like to approach it. And again, this is why there's no right answer because Lindsay and I do it in such different ways. And I think they're both very effective. Yeah. Um, there's no, and for me, and I ask questions about, Hey, where I, I try to empower them. I try to empower them to be able to help them make their own decision on it and what they can be able to do as opposed to, Oh, dad just told me that I should do it this way. Yeah. Um, then it's a part of like, Hey, dad, help me think through this. Yeah. And that's where I think it's important too, uh, as parents, we talk about this in child dedication. Um, when I, when I, when I have the parents and they're saying what child dedication again, is just parents, uh, taking the step that, that they are going to proclaim to others that they're going to raise their kid in a way that helps them follow G- find and follow Jesus. So that's just what that, that is. And when, when we do that, I, t- I tell the parents, I'm like, find other people in your life, family or friends that you know your kid could go to and connect with too. So let's just say you want your kid to be, you want your kid to be compassionate, but you know, you're not compassionate and you know, you're, and your sure, wife's not, yeah. you know, maybe they're not as compassionate as you think. Like, 
again, like what Jody talked about in her message too, like we always think we're way better at certain things than we really are, but we do notice the people that do it well. Mm-hmm. And if you know, compassionate people in your life or, and, and you want, you want to hang out with those people. You want their, your kids to hang out around those people and, and involve them in your life. So making sure that when you see those struggles, that you have others that you can kind of go to and be like, hey, I noticed this as you a part of it. And that's where you can be able to ask for help as opposed to even just the amounts of information that's our, our books and internet and, and things like that. Those are still helpful, but it can be overwhelming. So I might've went down a different trail there, but. (laughs) No, you're good. I think, you know, I think you touched on a couple of really good things that I just want to highlight real quick. I think one, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, your kid, you know, your student, you know, when they're going to be in the place where they're kind of most receptive to hearing Mm -hmm. and working through those problems and, um, choosing those times I think can be super helpful. To, and that's true for anybody, right? You know, like, it's like, if you talk to me about an issue at 6 a.m. right when I wake up, it's like, am I going to be as responsive <laughs> as I could be, you know? Um, and so I'm sure some people are listening to this like, he wakes up at 6 a.m., I wake up at 4.15, you know? Everybody got their own things. Yep. Anyway. Yep, again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so knowing that, knowing that great time to connect, I think is really powerful. And the other thing I think you touched on is, Man, when you are struggling with a similar issue to your kid, um, because I mean, that makes sense, right? If if you have yeah. something that you're particularly like, it's like a weakness for yourself or an issue that you struggle with, it makes sense that there are times when your kids or people you're influencing might show similar traits and being willing to like help your kids be surrounded by other people that are maybe gifted in that area because everybody's got their own unique gifts and strengths and weaknesses. And so having like your kids able to have relationships with people that can speak into those, those elements. And frankly, it may be something that they're not like, you know, an extra voice that just reinforces those things that you're trying to help them learn too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I think another point just to kind of add to that a little bit though, too, is as a parent, and it can be very humbling, but let them know you sh- what you struggle with too. I think they might be, don't worry, your kids probably can tell you <laughs> what you struggle <laughs> with before you tell them, yeah. but let them know you struggle with it too. You know, like when I sit down and I, and I talk about with my son about things, um, I say, let's work on this together. You know, like I struggle with this. Um, here's some of the, in my experience, this, these are things that have helped me and, and done it, but it might be different for you. Yeah. And I might be willing to learn and and you might be able to teach me some things too. And like, yeah. I, I love just this aspect of being able to like partner up with them uh, and, and be able to yeah. say, Hey, let's work on this together. Let's do it because part of it too. And I think adults struggle with this, but kids, especially they feel like they're the only one struggling with it. Hmm. They feel like they're all alone in it. Even when there's millions of thousands of kids that you can yeah. point out that are struggling with same similar things, let them know that you're with them. Let them know that they have a partner in it too. Hmm. I'm curious, mm-hmm. what, what do you do? What's, what's been helpful when your kid, or maybe it's a, even a, a student or a kid that you're coaching doesn't see the issue that you see, you know, <laughs> you see them like, okay, you're, you struggle with this, what, whatever it may be, maybe it's comparison, whatever thing that they, they wrestle with. 
Yeah. Um, and they're like, I don't know. Are they like either they either they're saying it or their body language is telling you they don't think that this is an actual thing that they struggle with or ha- have as an issue. Um, yeah, classic. Is there any anything that you found that can be helpful to help them connect that? Well, that is actually an issue. Um, part one of that is if you're really invested in that kid, I mean, like, obviously as a coach, like when I have a hundred kids and I see, you know, pride and all these different things on that, I'm like, uh, there's sometimes just like, well, I'm not going to have much time to really invest in that kid. Cause he's moving sure. on to hype next year. Oh, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, that type of thing. But when it's someone that you're invested with that, you know, you're going to be around and around a lot is the first thing I can really give as the best and biggest advice is don't give up. Don't give up. Uh, I, cause I think there's going to be so many different things. Um, and I think one of my classic dad lines, uh, from my dad to me that he's filled, <laughs> he's filled with them, but he'll look at me and he just knows I'm a, a, a man of faith now too. And he is, he's not really, I mean, I think I, I don't know where he is, Sure. but he always, he'll look at me and just really in, in, in an endearing way. And he'll just be like, Hey, Victor, don't give up on me yet. Don't give up. I mean, like he doesn't want to be, he, he doesn't want to be, he was given up on by so many people in his life. Mm. And I think there's something to be said about that is we can just, when we're frustrated and we're at wit's end and we tried 17,000 different things, we're just like, I have nothing. I have nothing left. Mm. And a part of the not giving up is just being present, being present every single time. Um, maybe it's asking again, same similar questions. Maybe you just try to tweak questions in different ways, but showing up. Um, I hear so many horror stories of just from kids that have grown up and just being like, oh yeah, my parents just kind of stopped caring or, you know, like, or, and I don't think parents stop caring. I think they just, they get so overwhelmed. They get yeah. so overwhelmed and they just don't know what step to take next. And they don't, and, and they just get trapped. Yeah. And then they're like, I'm just in this cycle and I can't get out of it. And it's waking up each morning, you know, setting a different mindset of just being like, I'm here. This is what God's called me to be upon and, and stepping up and be like, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in uh, to be there because this child is my responsibility, whether it's your own kid, whether it's you're a teacher of a kid. Uh, and sometimes when you have more smaller, you know, you know, coaching opportunities, I think uh, this is where, you know, like a basketball coach where you don't have as many kids and um, sometimes maybe in soccer, but like where you can have a little bit more of that investment yeah, or one-on-one and those connections and conversations to be able to see that. And you see, and I know you talked a little bit more about like the things that um, you see in them and you hope for them, but that nothing's ever changing. Uh, for me, I just say, I just always keep leaning into that area. So mm-hmm. This is, this is might be a little bit more of the jerky side of me of like, I see it and I pointed out in different ways of just like, <laughs> of opportunities of like, Hey, you know, like, yeah. um, like what just say someone's really arrogant and they're just all about themselves mm-hmm. uh, and they're an athlete. And let's just say they only want all individual events, but Hey, there's an opportunity to do this relay, you know, and there's four people together that need to be able to work on it. And they're like, no, I don't want that. I want to do the open 400 and I want to do the open 200. I just want to be this. Um, 
And so it's just always a different conversation and bringing up different ways of like, Hey, you know what? I was like, this is more of a team mentality. This would help the team, you know, like always keeping that team reference, that team concept, as opposed to the I, you know, like again, you know, all the famous cliche words that you can throw in there now, um, yeah. you know, there's no I in team, but there is a me, you know? Yeah. So um, <laughs> those types of moments where I just really just try to lean into that kid and give them different opportunities to look and say, Hey, guess what? There's this team. There's this, co- there's these coaches that are here that are for you. And you can choose to be a part of it or not be a part of it, yeah. but I don't let it derail who we are trying to be as a team. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, Hey, this individual right here, we care about who you are. You are still here. You're still considered family and you're still considered a teammate here. Even if you don't think it and you don't like it and you don't want it, it might not work that year. Let's just say they're an eighth grader, but I've talked to many students, whether they were high schools now in college or now adults that have come back and said, thank you for pointing that out. Thank you for doing that. Because sometimes you don't know when that lesson means something. Hmm. It's kind of like the whole way that we teach God, you know, like we can't make somebody love Jesus or love God, but them knowing about him and what he can do for them can make such a big difference down the road. Hmm. And that's the same way of not giving up and taking the opportunity you have to teach them the values of what it looks like. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, so, um, a little bit different direction here. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like we're talking about this, right? Everybody, I'm sure you can see, okay, my kids are struggling with this, whatever. Um, one of the things we talked about the first week of this series was the concept of discontentment. And mm-hmm. I'm sure mm-hmm. many parents can connect with that feeling discontent with, you know, either the, either their kids behavior or themselves as parents you know there's so many different elements to that and i think that we talked about this root issue of being comparison and uh i feel like this conversation probably wouldn't be complete without just a little bit about okay you may recognize the things that your kid is struggling with this with and you're working on trying to help them um but i also want to hear like, okay, how do you avoid or what do you do when you are comparing maybe your kids to somebody else's kids or yourself as a parent to another parent? <laughs> um, oh gosh, what is, what is the quote? Comparison is comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and, and what it does and I, that's not quoted by me, just so you know. <laughs> someone else, much more, yeah, someone much more <laughs> famous and yeah. more knowledgeable than me in life. But um, I can't even remember who it was that said it. Um, it is, it is, it is probably one of the biggest things that I see as a struggle for kids and adults. Yeah, that discontentment, but just comparing themselves to others. But it's also the thing of what we do. To help us tell us that we're doing okay. Hmm. Okay. If that yeah, makes sense. Like, that. yeah, to be able to be that. like, yeah, to, to think about it in the sense that, like, hey, you know, yeah, we're struggling with this and we don't have this, but we do have a house over our heads. And, or, you know, like, mm. so they don't, but we do. And so, like, that compares of like, hey, but we're okay. You know, but we're okay just by nature of what it is. And it's so hard, it's so hard because. So what, that's what I, oh, yeah, what I go ahead, say keep, is that like 
if you're feeling that you're not alone, you're not the only one doing not that comparison. Uh, yeah, because I don't, I think it's one of those ones, one of those things that we all use it. Hmm. It's just a matter of how do we use it in healthy ways and not unhealthy, <laughs> like, which is hard because comparison. Sure. So is, is that like part. using that as like, Oh, I know that they're, like, I love the way that their kids are doing this thing. Let me ask them a question about how they do that thing. So is it kind of like asking good questions and celebrating that? Yeah, I, I, I really do agree with that because to find any bargain or deal, you have to compare things. <laughs> like to see, yeah. to see it okay. and, yeah. and look, to find it, be like, yes, this is a much better deal. We need to go do that. And so by comparison, you know, like we're like, okay, that's that's helping us do that. Now- when we're sitting here and you know everybody's getting the new water bottle this is this is a different this is an issue that i've heard from in grade school everybody's yeah. getting the whole new water bottle mm, and i don't love have that stanley water cup you know what i mean i'm not bringing the new water bottle yeah it's yeah. stanley it's exactly yeah. what it is it's yep, stanley yeah, right uh-huh. now and i have an owala um and now the owala is not cool enough anymore even when i got it six months ago and um i'm not cool enough now because I don't have the right water bottle. Mm. So there's this comparison based off of just a material thing, water bottle that all of a sudden now has thrown a whole loop in at least two nights a week of crying. (laughs) Of like, you know, and. um, So how do you have that conversation? Is that like. Yeah, that's good. That's a good question. Is that a, Hey, it's okay. Yeah. I don't know. Like, how do you it's have not, that conversation? Cause I think as adults, we struggle with this, right? We see the, Ooh, they've got a nice house. I, oh, I wouldn't mind that car, you know? Uh, exactly. It's, and it's so the is same. it sharing with them that you struggle with that too? Like, what does that look like? I think that's a, I think that's a part of it. I yeah. think you have to be able to let know. And this is a quote that I, this is a quote that I've kind of, this is one I have created a little bit, mm. but things that we struggle with in our middle school and high school years um, are a lot of the things that we've still carried with us into our adulthood. You know, just mm-hmm. think about the 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 concept of the things that we never dealt with and that we're still dealing with. You know, like we take it with it, we take it with us into our adulthood, and yeah. it's just that's a part of the unbrokenness of who we, who we are as adults. So we, in many times, in many ways, chose unhealthy ways to either bury them or 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 shove them off to the side because we had to go to the next thing. Yeah. And now we're sitting here and we're looking at our children struggle with those same things. And there's, there's a disconnect even with our kids mm-hmm. that we're looking because we're like, we never, I never dealt with that. And so we say, just brush it off, just move on, be strong or, or, Oh, you know, honey, it's okay. We have so many good things. And, you know, like, so we either go to the really soft side of things or the really hard, like, and, and there is this medium thing of like, Yes, it's a part of what I what I talked about before of like asking questions about why is it so important and being able to hear their story uh, mm-hmm. and just say, you know, like for our kids, we know that's like we don't have the money to just go out and buy the next new water bottle and the next new water bottle. And the next new- yeah. So it's like you have one. It works um, and you're not going to be happy with us today. But um, I still want to be able to hear your story. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's a part of where I really struggled for a long time is I have this, like, I found a way to be strong and just move through things. And I didn't deal with a lot of things. So when I see my kids, I'm like, hey, guys, it's really not a big deal. 
or I roll my eyes. I'm like, oh, I can't believe we're flipping out about this again. You know, and I'm like, oh. And so for parents, I think when your parent, when you're when your kid is struggling through and, and doing these things, it's really important. You're, you know, obviously other than giving up and listening, it's your body language and your first response. Your yeah. first response. Um, and I and I think I remember this with when a lot of uh in in the time that we're going through in the last 10, 15 years of of a students of students just coming out saying like if they're if they're gay or bisexual or not, that there's this component of like um when interviews were done with them that they looked and they're like, well, how did you know that your parent was okay with it or not? And then and they're like, well, I looked at their body language. And like, and if like if if you're sitting here like this and they tell you and you're like, 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 you know, like there's almost like that, they see that. And that's their first reaction of what they always remember of that. That's where they struggle. And they're like, well, I didn't know that you cared, you know, like, so there's that, there's that component there of it's our response. It's our initial response of what your kids remember. And they hang on to that. There's, there's been a few things that I've had an initial response to some very small things with my kids that I'm still fighting to get back now. Like, cause they just think, oh, dad's just always going to get mad about that. Dad's always going to get mad about that. Even when I only did it once or twice on certain things, they're set in their mind. That's how he responded. Mm. And that's where I'm set. And so it takes work to redig that some of that stuff up and be like, they're not going to always remember what the exact moment or the exact thing was, but it's stuck in their brain now that that's their response. That's mom and dad's response. So really just make sure you're leaning into your kids and you're listening. Um, and so again, all different parenting tips and all different parenting styles, there are thousands out there. There's no specific, you know, your kid, you know, your kid, and maybe you don't feel like, you know, your kid. So maybe that's the opportunity to get to know your kid, you know, like keep yeah. leaning in, get to yeah. know your kid, get to know your kid. So. Yeah. Victor, thanks for chatting with me about this stuff. Um, I know that dealing with issues in general isn't a super fun conversation and topic, uh -huh. but I mean, I think... I mean, I think you just, you think you've shared a lot of really great stuff about just the importance of those conversations and, and understanding who your kid is and hearing their story and then asking questions to help work through those things. And gosh, more importantly, just not giving up and just recognizing that, you know, it doesn't have to be that, it's not going to be that instant fix. It's not going to yeah. be that one conversation and all of a sudden they'll never compare themselves to another kid again. Um, Sorry. You know, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, maybe you give them the tools and the strategies and the questions that help them along that journey. And maybe they don't fully take advantage of it till later. And then they remember, you know, um, who's to say. So, yeah. 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 So thanks, Victor. You're very welcome. I, I really hope it's just helpful just to be able to listen to any one little nugget of truth to help just take and try. And, and that's really what these podcasts are about to be able to help out. And that's good. Well, that was my conversation with Victor. And I think my takeaway from our conversation really is like, like a three-step approach. One, pick a time that you know that they will be most receptive to hearing you. Ask them questions as a mean to help, means to help them process through that struggle. And then don't give up if it doesn't happen right away. And the other thing that I would add is just to invite God into the situation as well. You know, pray for your kids to grow in that area. And then also for you to have the wisdom to help them grow in that area. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Ridge Podcast. And make sure to follow and subscribe so that you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations.